Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of 2A Lifestyle. I want to greatly appreciate you listening in. And let's go ahead and start getting into the new episode. Uh, this episode, we're going to have Mike from TatCat on, and I want to greatly appreciate him coming on. And before we get started into all that good shit, let's start getting into the house rules. Uh, if you haven't already, hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening to this podcast. And if you can, leave us a review. It's the best way for people to find us when they're looking for gun-related content. Also, if you haven't checked out our social media, check us out on social media. Uh, Facebook, we under the number 2A Lifestyle, and on Instagram, 2 is spelled out, T-W-O-A Lifestyle, and also on TikTok, T- uh, number 2A Lifestyle. If you'd like the show and want to wish to support us, go ahead and check us out on Patreon. Uh, you can check us out as 2A Lifestyle Podcast and support us however you want to. I greatly appreciate any support that you do give us. It is going to go straight into this podcast and make us a better podcast. Covers the bandwidth and all that good shit on this podcast. Uh, also, if you haven't, go ahead and leave us a review on our social media. Uh, makes us look better. And if you haven't, go ahead and uh, check out our great sponsors, Cold War Concealment. And check out Mike at uh, Tat Cat on social media as well. And with that, let's go ahead and start getting into the podcast. Don't know if I say it enough, but I've really been praying for us. And I thank God for you. Man, I look up to you, man If I was in trouble and needed somebody, I'd run to you, yeah If I never told you, you was my idol Like, really my idol Whatever you said to me, I took it in Like it was the Bible When you look at me, I wanna know The feeling inside you I guess sometimes, I just wonder If you feel the way I do Remember my 10th birthday? When you apologize Alright, we're gonna go ahead and get into our main segment We have Tat Cat with us, Michael uh, Michael, hey, introduce yourself to everybody In case they're not familiar with you or your page Oh, um, uh, my name's Michael I'm on the page called Tat Cat You can find me on Instagram at T4CC4T uh, Primarily, I'm just a hobbyist I'm not in the military, I'm not in law enforcement I just enjoy firearms And I try to make content that's oriented at New firearm owners or people that are trying to get into firearms To get them the information that I wish I had when I had started and what got you started in the guns all those all those years ago? Alright, so it's an interesting story. So about 2015, I was playing survival mode on Modern Warfare 3, and I was trying to find a comparison video between the uh, HK-45, I think it was, and the FN-57 to see which one would be the better handgun to have in survival mode. I found the Military Arms Channel video comparing the HK-45 to the FMP-45, and I knew you could own guns, but I didn't know what type of guns you could own. I was like, damn, I'd really really like to have one of those to have some fun with and I did start doing some research and then when I was 21 I went ahead and bought a CZ-75B and I've been in love with the hobby ever since. That's awesome and I said this I think it was either last episode or the episode before but this is something I preach um, that and I noticed this with my own kids because I got a nine-year-old uh, you know most you know in regards to like the NRA the NRA is just fucking giving up on people you know millennials Gen Z's they, they just flat out giving up on trying to reach out to that age group of gun owners and I I think that's bullshit. I think we really need to reach out to that generation. Uh, FPC has done a great job in doing that. GOA has done some good on it. Uh, but that's a, a generation of firearms owners that I think we need to not ignore because that is going to be, I think, the most vocal, you know, millennials and Gen Zs, that's going to be the most vocal of the gun rights supporters that we are going to have in the guns rights industry uh, in the future to come. And I think that's something that we need to do. And, and I, your story is a, a prime fucking example, I think, because my son, he's the one who 
identifies guns through video games like Fortnite, Apex, Call of Duty, whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, yep. You know, and that's you know I can you know take him shooting and he enjoys it, but you know it's got to be relatable to him. And right now at his age, video games is the thing, and that's the that's the thing. I mean, before I had kids, you know, I was huge in you know video games is like a de-stressor when I got off from work. Uh, that's you know that's how we're going to reach out to the generation nowadays. Yeah, that's something I think a lot of these organizations are really missing. I mean, I see them; they're getting people involved or kids involved that their parents already own guns. They're really doing a whole hell of a lot to reach out to youths or uh, parents that aren't involved with the gun rights uh, thing or just gun ownership and period. And I don't know, they're missing out on a whole lot and they aren't doing anything to try and attract people in. It just seems they're too combative, I think, is what I'm trying to say. And it dissuades a lot of people from getting interested or even trying to look into it any more than, you know, what Fox News or NBC or CNN says about guns. Yeah, and I think if you, you know, if like, you know, the gun industry really wants to reach out to the younger generation, you know, sponsoring shooters is awesome because it helps the shooting industry and all that kind of stuff. But sponsor like a, a, a Twitch account, you know, a big Twitch account or, you know, some of these gaming uh, competitions uh, when they do like, you know, Fortnite or whatever because they use a yeah. lot of realistic uh, type weapons for that kind of stuff. Well, yeah, it's like with Call of Duty. Like, I remember back when Modern Warfare 2 came out, all the guns went by their actual names. Like, the WA-2000 was marked as a Walther. The HKUSP was marked as an HK. Now, in, like, New Modern Warfare, it's all offhand names. Like, uh, the SCAR isn't even called the SCAR, I don't think. The, the, the FAMAS is called the, the FAR556 or something like that. It's like, they really missed a key opportunity there to get people a lot more interested in the hobby by allowing their actual logos and the model names to be introduced into the game. Yeah, absolutely. 100% agree. And that's something, a huge thing that I think, because, uh, you know, I'm 32, so I'm like right down on the, the between the uh, Gen X and, and Millennial, but, you know, considered a Millennial. Um, but I see that, you know, myself. And I saw that when I was in my, you know, early to mid 20s, uh, really getting in huge into the, the gun industry and the gun rights. Uh, and I saw, you know, at the time, the NRA was the only organization. And I was like, you know, man, the fucking NRA is just forgetting about me. Uh, the, the closest thing they did was uh, bringing on Colion Noir. Uh, and, I, you know, I think Colion Noir is, is a great guy and, and he's, you know, does a lot of good stuff for the gun industry. Uh, but that was their one attempt. And it wasn't even them. It was actually Ackerman, uh, Ackerman McQueen that did it. It wasn't the NRA. Yeah, I, don't even think, I don't even think that it was an attempt to try to reach out to the younger generations. I, I'm not trying to sound racist, but I think it was just I'm trying to get the token black guy on the radio so the people on the left side of the aisle couldn't call the NRA racist anymore. Well, you know, and, and I, you know, I say Colin Noir because he's the only one that really stuck around and, and whose name that uh, got recognition. Yeah, but there was that one, there was that, there was that one other young uh, white guy, and there was actually like a younger uh, female, uh, kind of like a, a gun bunny that was with them, and they all had a, a, all three of them had a show together on NRA TV that I used to watch. And yeah, uh, isn't that about Boomer getting a gun bunny to try and advertise to people? Oh yeah. Well, and then what was crazy is, is I remember you know the one re the reason the the white guy didn't stick around was because uh, I think he got like addicted to crack or meth or something like that, and he had quite a few arrests, uh, and they ended up having to drop him as the spokesperson. Oh, did you hear about what they did to the TGC panel a couple years ago? No. Yeah, so, okay, last year, it was honestly like a dream come true. I got to go to the NRA show. I got to meet Mr. Guns and Gear, Mac, uh, John Patton from TGC, Adam Kraut, uh, and James Reeves. He's a hoot. And uh, they ended up not doing the panel inside of the actual showroom because the year yes. prior, the NRA people were telling him, hey, you can't talk about this. Hey, you can't talk about this. Hey, you can't answer this question. There was a whole bunch of other bullshit going on. But them just trying to censor what was going on on this panel. Yeah, I remember that now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was ridiculous. It's like 
you guys want to talk to this younger generation that's learning everything from YouTube, but then you want to censor them? Yep. Come on. Yeah, seriously. It's crazy. Uh, and, you know, when you're talking about you run TACCAT, uh, you also do, like, a bunch of written reviews and stuff like that, stuff that, you know, I'm myself trying to kind of get into uh, developing a, uh, a uh, website and all that kind of stuff. And, and uh, like I was just telling you before we started recording, that, you know, I finally got the, the all the software I needed to do a, a video podcast and was playing with it before uh, we got started. Not quite there yet, not quite where I want it to be. So should be next show. We're going to start our first video podcast. Uh, but uh, you do a lot of reviews and stuff like that as well don't you yeah i try to do my best to do reviews um i've done hand mostly handgun reviews and that's just because that's what i'm prioritizing in since uh that's what i mainly rely on for defensive purposes i have a shotgun review that was complete bullshit like i believe every word i put into it but i'm not an expert i'm not <laughs> i'm not super familiar with long guns so i just did the review as best as i could um, there's been a handful of reviews where it's i'll read them over again and it's after i've sold the gun now, it's been a few months since i had the gun i'm like yeah this is bad information or it's poorly written and i don't want anyone taking from this something that they shouldn't be taking from it but like like i've been trying to do the video review thing too but without the funds coming in for tech i can't justify spending you know the five six hundred dollars for an actual 4k camera with the microphone so it's been a real challenge getting out and dealing with a wind interference out at the range like today uh walter sent me a ccp to try out and today i went to go do the first shots video and holy shit 40 miles 40 mile per hour gusts of wind and I couldn't get audio for shit so I ended up just settling with some slow-mo videos of me shooting it and that's what I'm going to have to roll with when I'm doing the initial impressions video cool deal man yeah I know uh, Indiana's really windy pretty flat oh uh, dude I used to live on a wind farm or like right in front of a wind farm and <clears throat> in the winter I shit you not it'd get down to like negative 40 negative 50 in the day because of the wind uh, well I know uh, I'm from West Texas originally man and uh, West Texas out there because uh, like all my family golfs so whenever I go out there and visit them we go golfing and stuff like that and, and uh, you know you think you might are you sure you're a millennial because that's some boomer shit right there man it's just it's something that you know fucking do to kind of be with the family kind of deal man because like all my family out there is like in the ag business and stuff like that and that's just kind of uh, what they do shit you know but uh, yeah just just out there it doesn't matter what it is just the wind is, is just killer I never forget uh, fucking we were driving out there and uh, tumbleweeds like that you know they they like tumbleweeds are actually a thing that happened in West Texas and uh, they bunch up and there's like the size of a Volkswagen Beetle hit our van uh, and we thought we got in a freaking car wreck uh, but it was actually wow. just a shit ton of uh, tumbleweeds hit our van when it was crossing the road and scratched the shit out of our van that's insane but yeah and speaking of social media pages I do want to bring this up uh, a good friend of ours who runs Tactical Memes uh, was zucked today uh, his page was unpublished uh, he doesn't know if he decided that he wants to uh, you know Reach, you know, fight it uh, like Mr. Guns and Gear did when his page got zucked uh, a week or two ago, uh, or if he's going to start another one. But uh, just a quick moment of silence uh, for our friend at Tactical Memes. Just sucks, you know. Uh, another friend of ours, uh, Dirt Blist, uh, his his page was uh, pretty, you know, getting pretty big, uh, pretty funny. I actually met the the admins on that one uh, at Quantified Performance when uh, Ash Hess had his deal last year. Uh, good guys, uh, and you know, while a lot of gun pages are 
in uh, a little kind of group chat that we, you and you and I are on, and uh, that's how you and I met. It was when you yep. got on the group chat, and uh, it just sucks, man. Yeah, and it, it's really unfortunate because when I got first got into guns, um, I started. I noticed that there's like an AR-15 nation, a shotgun nation, etc. I started a group called Handgun Nation, right? And eventually, that group grew to like 21,000 members, and I got invited to join a Facebook group started by Facebook employees to try and help group admins out. And I always regretted not joining that page or that group, sorry, because it mean I'd actually have a direct link to someone that worked at Facebook to get answers because they took down my group uh, without any real cause. They took it down. It was weird. They took it down immediately. Then they brought it back like a month later for a week. And then they took it back down again. And then earlier this year, I was dealing with problems with TatCat that uh, Tactical Memes was ki is kind of dealing with right now. They just unpublished the page. Uh, eventually, they let me publish it again. And then they just started placing restrictions on them uh, back to back. Seven day restrictions, no explanation given as to why I was getting the restrictions. Um, I'd even gone as far as to set the page up to be deleted. I let it sit there for eight out of the 14 days. And as soon as I took it off from being deleted, I slapped it with another restriction, another seven day set of restrictions without any posting on the page. It was absolutely absurd. It was almost like a Facebook employee. I pissed them off somehow and they decided they were going to attack my page. Well, and I think it was uh, John Patton a while ago on the uh, Gun Collective po uh, podcast, or yeah, podcast. Uh, he had a face, a former Facebook employee that was kind of their Second Amendment guy. Uh, he no longer works there, unfortunately, and he was kind of seen as the uh, you know kind of like the last hope for uh, Second Amendment pages and, and content creators on Facebook because uh, he was you know he was dealing with a lot of that. He was getting reached out to by a lot of content creators saying that hey. Uh, you know, y'all are, are kind of shadow banning me, or you unpublished my page, or you deleted my page. What's going on? All that kind of stuff. Because I mean, if I can, not only I mean, not just like you know, little old like two A lifestyle or tat cat or tactical memes. You know, they've like unpublished and deleted. Uh, you know, we talk about Mr. Guns and Gear, but hell, even like uh, I think HK has had their uh, page deleted. Uh, so I mean, we're talking about like multi million dollar companies. Uh, that I mean, you know, yeah, the social media girl HK is, is pretty funny and, and savage at times. Uh, but you know, they they really don't post anything um, that would be, I guess, be considered against community standards. You know, they're just yeah. advertising, you know, hey, go out to range, you know, check out our new gun, all that kind of stuff. Uh, but, you know, it's, I've, I've dealt with the struggle myself trying to uh, purchase advertisements for uh, episodes when I've had, like, really, I, you know, I feel like big guests on. I've tried yeah. to uh, purchase advertising for Facebook to uh, advertise my uh, podcast episodes on social media. And uh, the reason that they've denied my ads was because of nudity. That was their reasoning was there was nudity in my logo and my logo is the awesome face emoji do you remember you know? that video that I posted a while back of me licking the wheel of my uh, Volkswagen and going das German yeah yeah I posted that on Tac Hat when I filmed it and I tried uh, boosting it I was going to put $10 down to get it boosted and they told me that they couldn't advertise it because it had guns in it it's it's so stupid and and you know when I, whenever the advertisement when I was trying to do the podcast uh, you know I peeled it because I mean obviously so there was no damn nudity in it. And I even looked clearly in the rule. I was thinking, well, maybe, you know, gun-related content is under the nudity rule. No. I, I mean, I read line by line the huge subsection for the reason why they did it. And it just strictly said nudity or, or sexual content. I'm like, no, that's not in there. So I peeled it. And uh, they let it run for two days. And then they struck it down again for the exact same thing for nudity. And I was I like, I kind of want to know what, like, Folster and uh, We the People and Versicary, et cetera, do in order to get their advertising. 
advertisements approved because they have guns in theirs. Exactly. I, you know, I don't understand. I, I don't understand it. I'll never get the algorithm. I, I guess maybe you know they spend a lot more money on advertisement than us because, like, you know, I, I never spend more than like twenty, thirty dollars on on advertisement whenever I do a social media advertisement. You know, I'm sure maybe they're spending a lot more money that probably they won't turn down. You know, if you're spending like five hundred or more dollars, I'm sure Facebook, even though it's a multi-billion dollar company, if you have you know a bunch of different small companies like that spending five hundred dollars uh, for that kind of stuff, because you know, like Wish, you know, like I'll be scrolling through Facebook and I'll see like a Wish advertisement, advertises stuff that they're selling, and it's like you know cock rings or sex rings <laughs> or you know penis pumps or some stupid shit like that. Yeah, you know, they they don't care. They're, they're getting that money. You know, Wish.com spend a hell of a lot of money with them. Dude, every time I see one of those ads, all I all I start to wonder is what the hell did I look up to prompt the algorithms to show me that? Oh, it's killer, man. Is there some shit that like, you know, I don't even know what it is. I'm like, I know that's sexual, but I want to click on it to see exactly what the hell that is because I have no earthly idea what the hell they're doing. Like, what, what is this for? Yeah, I've been there before and I opened it up and it probably would have been easier explaining porn with someone looking over my shoulder as to what I was looking at. Oh, I just wish all the time that I had this shit when I played gay chicken in the army. I mean, it would have been a whole <laughs> lot easier to win. So. I don't even want to ask. <laughs> But uh, let's go ahead and start getting into the stories, man. Uh, first story we got comes to us from the Firearm Blog. It was published on the 30th, and Enforce TAC 2020 has been canceled. Uh, we said on an earlier episode that Enforce has been uh, postponed due to the coronavirus, uh, along with many other things like NRAM. And if you don't know what Enforce is, basically Enforce is the European version of SHOT Show. Uh, they had postponed it earlier in the year because of the fact that they uh, coronavirus was coming full swing across the, you know, the, the world, and people didn't realize you know how deadly it was all this kind of stuff and that's when a lot of people uh, even critical thinkers thought you know oh shit this coronavirus might be you know the next Spanish flu now you know whatever you think it is if you know you've lost people to it I'm sorry for it but I don't think it's the the you know end-all be-all apocalypse pandemic that people are, are thought it was uh, but anyway Enforce is canceled 2020 and they will reschedule in 2021 um, NRAM they haven't said anything yet so far in reference to NRAM I was quite disappointed in that because I actually was planning on going to NRAM uh, you know, NRAM is, I, I'm being told by everybody that's been to SHOT Show and NRAM that NRAM is a lot better because SHOT Show is all about, oh, look at this new shit that we have. And then NRAM, uh, you have all the same companies there and they're just kind of laid back, chill, like, oh, hey, what's going on? You have a lot more opportunity to reach out to the industry and talk to the, the movers and shakers as you, you know, whatever the fuck you want to call them and uh, just kind of get personal one-on-one -on -one time with them. Yeah, NRAM is honestly, like, if you're trying to get into the whole influencer or advertiser or whatever you want to fucking call it <clears throat> nram is definitely easier to or it's better at helping you get into it because you're able to interact with people more often honestly everything that i've seen from shot show it's just a gigantic circle ju jerk for youtubers absolutely i mean doesn't mean i want to get circle jerked i mean i always love a good handy but you know shot show is just <laughs> kind of on my bucket list of what i want to do i don't know i've seen some of these guys' hands and dude uh <laughs> i don't think i'd want them anywhere near my junk for a free handy i don't know man with the coronavirus everybody's got those gloves on you know have you ever watched uh, road trip no, I don't think I have. Oh, I see that. That's why you're too young. <laughs> Next steps, our next story is going to be coming to us from the Post General. This was published on May the 10th, and the headline states, Sheriff, uh, fake letters stating guns to be collected, a potentially dangerous prank. This is pretty fucked up, whoever did this. Uh, the Chattaqua County Sheriff's, and it doesn't say uh, where the hell Chattaqua County is, uh, but basically the Sheriff's Office has received a lot of uh, community uh, concerns because a fake letter was released out under the name of a Sheriff's Deputy stating that the Sheriff there, who is she 
Sheriff James Quattrone uh, stated that their uh, sheriff is declaring martial law and is requiring county residents to surrender any AR-15 style rifles by December 30th, uh, December 31st, 2020. Uh, the sheriff has stated that he is very pro-Second Amendment and he believes in their constitutional rights need to be protected in all circumstances. He said, obviously, these letters are a fake and that they should not uh, take any heed to any of this kind of shit being, um, you know, sent out and that whoever did this is basically a fucking moron because they could have easily started a small boog right there uh, if yeah, it was in a conservative enough county. That's the problem with this kind of stuff. You got, you got two different sides that are wanting stuff to kick off. You got people that are anti-gun wanting things to get kicked off and you got people that are pro-gun that are wanting things to get kicked off and that is something that it's just too dangerous to even mess around with and who I, I hope they throw the book and this is one of the only times I'll ever say it. I hope they throw the book at whoever sent that letter because if you got a law enforcement department in your area or the one that you live in that's pro-gun honestly you need to cherish it and you need to support them um you know unless they obviously fuck up but if they're pro-gun and they're trying their best to help the citizens out as much as they can in terms of gun rights you know don't tempt fate with it don't try to screw them over to get them on the anti-gun side that's the last thing we need right now absolutely because i mean as soon as you have that sheriff's like one or two of their deputies killed in an ambush style attack uh, which this kind of stuff would would love to spawn. Uh, oh, that's yeah. when you can have that sheriff go and say, you know, I think we do need to have some restrictions on the Second Amendment for my citizens, and that's where we don't want our politicians, especially our law enforcement officials, to be in. Yeah, and that's that's the one thing with sheriff's departments are like our last line of defense, if you will, because the regular departments, all they are, are political pawns. Whatever the governor wants them to do, or whatever the mayor wants them to do, that's what they're going to do because they're puppets. The sheriff, they're elected. Absolutely, and we, and here in Alabama, we've had uh, six sheriff's offices so far saying that they're not going to enforce uh, any more stay-at-home orders or crowd control uh, under the governor's uh, new uh, safer at-home initiatives. Uh, so it's the sheriff's offices are really going to be your friends. And that's why I personally love working uh, for a sheriff's office instead of a municipality. And I work both. I work municipality and I work sheriff's offices. And I'll just like, uh, kind of like the more in touch you are uh, working with an elected official that's more held accountable uh, than a municipality. You know, speak of governors and representatives, something that a lot of people seem to have missed because it didn't really break headlines that much. Uh, it came out that uh, Diane Feinstein, a handful of other congresswomen, congressmen, senators, whatever, uh, a week before the lockdown started, they sold off all their fucking stocks. Oh yeah, that's, and that's a ton of politicians. And that's something that happens every fucking time there's something big that happens uh, when it's going to be politics, uh, you know, the Iraq invasion, whatever the fuck it may be. Uh, you always have the politicians getting the heads up and the head politicians or they tell their families or they're, or they're real close friends, hey, uh, I know something, you, um, I can't tell you what it is, but you need to sell like any oil stock that you have or whatever the fuck it may be. Yeah, it's one of those rules for rules for thee but not for me kind of situations and it's really Absolutely. fucked up because it screws over so many fucking Americans and even their retirement plans. Mm -hmm. It's like, you guys aren't even going to be fucking paying them social security because you've ruined that so much. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a whole other topic right there, man. That's a whole yeah, other that's... topic. Uh, going to the next story, this comes to us from Amelan, and this was published on the 6th, uh, and this titled is Below the Radar of Restoring the Armed Career Criminal Act. Uh, and basically what this is, is you have two Republicans, one from Arkansas, one from Tennessee. Uh, there was a, a bill passed in the 1980s called the Armed Career Criminal Act, uh, which imposed a mandatory minimum of 15-year sentences uh, and also took rid of the Second Amendment rights to violent felons and serious drug offenses. Uh, and I, I know my Michael, that you have a very uh, strong, you know, strong opinion in this, and, 
and I do too, honestly, as well. Uh, you know, whenever the federal government first started, uh, there was only uh, three, you know, considered three violent felonies. Uh, murder, rape, and I want to say the other one was like assault or robbery or something like that. Those were the only three felonies, uh, violent felonies that were there. Uh, but now if you look at all the state laws, there's numerous um, different offenses that can strip you away your Second Amendment rights to include just like burglary, uh, breaking into somebody's house with nobody there, uh, which still sucks because I think a thief is a piece of shit. You know, you're stealing something that people, you know, worked hard for. Uh, but once you pay your debt to society, and I'm not talking about you're on paper, you know, you're on parole or probation or like that. But, you know, say you get a 10-year sentence and you're actually done with that 10 years, you know, you should have all your rights restored because you paid your debt to society. Uh, so this bill, which is under H.R. 2837 and S. 1541, uh, is basically redefining the term from violent felony and serious drug offense uh, to basically any serious offense that lands to a purpose lands a person uh, in jail with a potential sentence of at least 10 years in prison um, it's not a great fix but it is a fix to a uh, flawed system as it is uh, in regards to that and that's something that I tell people all the time and it's, you know even my kids uh, you know this government that we have is not perfect uh, but it is I think modeled to be the best that it can be because it can be changed in something like this we can always have amendments to the Constitution uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. And uh, this is a, a step in the right direction. Hopefully, a lot of people don't have their Second Amendment rights stripped uh, just because they have, um, you know, what could be considered, like I said, you know, in, in Alabama, burglary is considered a felony where you can lose your rights uh, or, you know, a serious drug offense. That's, you know, very vague. And that's the way all laws are. They're, they're put vague so that way they could be interpreted uh, by whoever the local officials and government employees are. Uh, you know, they like the personnel. Uh, but what are your thoughts on that, Michael? Yeah, <clears throat> I'm not too familiar with the bill and exactly what it does, but it, it, like you said, once you've done your paid your debt to society, it, it, that should be it. It shouldn't be any more restrictions because, I mean, as far as I'm aware, the intent of the prison system was to rehabilitate people, turn them into productive, good members of society. So if they were put in, in front of an advisory board to determine whether or not they were fit to re-enter civilization or society from prison, then they should have their rights restored. There shouldn't be any restrictions placed on it, period. Absolutely. And it's, you know, uh, that popular um, Netflix documentary that was, uh, what, a year or two old now, 13 or the 13th or something like that. And, you know, it's something that a lot of people understand that, you know, slavery was abolished under the 13th Amendment, except for those that were convicted of a criminal offense. Uh, so technically, you know, you know, this, the Constitution says that you do lose your rights if you are convicted. So you're not going to vote for president, uh, you know, while you're sitting in jail for murder. Uh, yeah. But once you, you pay your debt to society, you are supposed to have your rights restored um, and that's something that I'm a firm believer in that once you know I'm a firm believer in second chances and honestly you know if you ever I'm a, I, I love Danny Trejo uh, there's a new documentary coming out on his life and uh, that's somebody that's a, a great example of second chances you know he was one of the you know in the uh, at, you know the, what is the commercial for it I saw uh, you know he was seen as one of the most feared inmates of all the California penal system which is saying a whole hell of a lot yeah, uh, but, you know look at him now he does so much for the you know the community out there and a great individual so i mean second you know people getting second chances is a good thing and people can't change i'm a firm believer in that yeah i am too and, and it's funny i made i made a post about it on tack hat the other day it's like you got all these people that are saying felons should know guns but half the shit they're doing if they were ever caught would get them a felony it's like it's like oh kyle said that felons should know guns as he ankle carried his revolver in the post office yeah kyle guess what you're a felon bud you just weren't caught yep or uh, you know, breaking laws every day. You know, if you go one mile of the speed limit,
relevant. You're technically breaking the law, uh, but you know everybody's not saying that the hammer should be dropped down on you, you know, for going one mile over the speed limit. All stupid yeah, shit. I mean, like it's that. like it's like uh, what is it? Construction zones. If you're doing ten over, it's an automatic felony. Uh, it should be in Indiana. I don't think that's the way it is here. Oh, I, you know, still you got instances like that, or yeah. or getting a DUI when you aren't actually driving under the influence. Oh yeah, or you know, stupid shit where I see all the time. Uh, you know, people getting DUI for uh, sitting on their trunk of their car, but they have possession of their keys. Stupid shit like that. Yeah, it, that was there was an instance back where I used to live here in Indiana. Um, dude was driving his drunk girlfriend home. It was in the middle of winter, and he ended up he needed to go into Dollar General in order to get her some Pepto Bismol or some shit, and he left the car on so that way she didn't get cold. He comes out and she's being arrested for DUI, even though she's in the passenger seat. Yeah, you know, them shit like that. All right, going on to the next story. This comes to us from Get Daily. This was published on the 29th. California lawmakers move to suspend gun and ammo sales indefinitely. Now, this is something that I've been preaching on to everybody uh, in this fucking coronavirus scare that we have going on. Uh, a civil liberty lost is rarely gained back. And yeah. a Democratic Assembly member is reportedly urging Governor Newsom uh, to order halt to all gun sales and emission in the state. Uh, this is Assemblyman uh, Miguel Santiago, of course, Democrat from East Los Angeles. Uh, he penned a letter to Newsom and asking fellow Democrats to freeze the sale of all firearms and ammo statewide. There's no suggested end date for the move. And, uh, you know, this is being shown world, you know, worldwide that anybody that is just itching to gain power in reference to this pandemic is using it to their full advantage. And this is being yeah. done in China, obviously. When was the last time you heard anything about the Hong Kong protests? Uh, this is being used in multiple uh, dictator, you know, dictator, fucking dictator states. I can't speak right now <laughs> at the moment. Uh, uh, but, you know, well, there's there's uh, no free, uh, you know, representative government. Uh, and obviously here in America, as you can see, with this assemblyman wanting to uh, completely get rid of a civil right, which the Second Amendment is a civil right uh, for no reason, just because of the pandemic and with no uh, no time frame to restore it. And the thing is, they're always, uh, this is the problem, our, they aren't our leaders, they're our representatives. They need to be reminded of that. But the problem is, every time something happens, everything, something small happens happens they're always trying to get something passed sneakily while our attention is elsewhere it's kind of like the patriot act nobody fucking knew that it was being renewed absolutely no one and i have yet to run across a person that's not in our circle that didn't or that did know that the patriot act got renewed and they used i forget what the fucking thing was that was going on maybe it was a wildfire so i don't fucking remember but they used some tragedy or some event that was going on to hastily and sneakily get that renewed so there goes our you know, right to privacy and all that fun stuff. Absolutely. Uh, let's go on and roll into the next one. Uh, this is, comes to us from MLN. This is published on the 8th, and the title of it is Bankrolled Anti-Gun Propaganda Aims to Turn Texas Blue with Loose from Demographics. And basically what this is, is uh, every town, uh, every gun, or every town for gun safety, uh, obviously Michael Bloomberg, is going to spend $8 million in Texas this year. Of and he's starting off by launching a $250,000 in digital ads targeting Republicans. Now, we have seen what this can happen in Virginia uh, because Virginia was staunchly turned blue with these anti-gun, uh, the anti-gun money, basically. You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go that far with Virginia because part of the problem that they had was they just, the RNC didn't fucking put anyone up. And because of that, whoever was running was going to win by default. And that's how Virginians now have a uh, registered and convicted fucking sex offender <laughs> representing them, which is 
pretty reprehensible in my opinion. I have no fucking idea how a person who would be restricted by our current laws from exercising their Second Amendment rights, let alone the right to vote, would be allowed to run for office and hold that fucking office and then try to tell people, law-abiding citizens, which I hate that fucking term, but tell law-abiding citizens, hey, you can't exercise this right, and we're going to restrict it like this. Like, dude, you're the fucking person that we want to fucking kill if you break into our home. Like, you have been fucking convicted of the crimes that honestly should be punishable by death. Yeah, I mean, and not just a, not just like a burglar or a thief or anything like that. This motherfucker was convicted of a sex crime. Uh, he a sex a offender. Yes, that is fucking irreversible. It's just fucking done. And I'm sorry, you know, we were just talking about this earlier, uh, you know, in regards to having, you know, forgiven people, uh, but, you know, it is clear that, uh, you know, pedophiles, there yeah. are certain people that are, you know, attracted to, you know, prepubescent kids or whatever, it is, you know, whatever you want to say, but it's just fucking gross. And those yeah. people, uh, is there, you know, is there rehabbing for those kind of people? Who knows? That, that, again, it's a whole another fucking show on that. Um, but going on, the Brady Pack is planning to spend more than a half a million dollars in the election. And the coalition, a coalition to stop gun violence uh, is also spending some time as well in Texas to swing the Lone Star State into a gun control haven as well. Uh, and I tell you, if that shit happens in Texas, that's where a boog would start. That it's is hilarious. where a fucking boog would start. Because It's hilarious to me that these, these people are all, I want to help these people, I want to help those people, I want to help these rainbow people over here, and I want to give money to these people, and oh, hey, look, an illegal, I want to give them money. Like, okay, you guys want to do that, that's all well and good, but then you're spending all your fucking money on these fucking campaigns instead to try and get everyone else to be forced into paying for that when they don't want to pay for it. Yeah. Like, imagine how much how much was it that Bloomberg fucking spent running for president for the presidential candidacy? Wasn't it like $500 million? Oh, yeah, it was like five or $800 million, something, yeah. you know, almost a billion dollars. How many people would that have helped? How many fucking roads would that have fixed? How many fucking books would that have bought for public schools? Like, how many ways could that have actually helped in some way that was actually beneficial to the public? Yeah. You know, it's it's mind-blowing. Like, where's the consistency in your views? The the uh, logic to your political views. There's no logic to them. Yeah. But, like I was saying, I mean, if they want to start a boot, that is where you would start a boog in fucking Texas because uh, all these people, you know, the uh, gun control advocates in their little safety bubbles and not even really fucking safe, especially when you're looking at Houston. Uh, but, you know, in Houston, Austin, uh, you know, a little bit in San Antonio, DFW area, stuff like that. You, sh I mean, Texas is still a fucking huge place. I mean, as yeah. soon as I pass DFW to go back, you know, to go to the part of Texas where me and my family's from, I still have like a 10 or 12 hour drive uh, from DFW to that part of Texas. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, Texas is huge. Tensions in Texas are already so fucking high because of this forced fucking quarantine bullshit that, I mean, honestly, it's like it's like putting your arm in front of a fucking tiger and expecting not to get bit. Shout Absolutely. out to Tiger King. <laughs> fucking Baskin Bees. Uh, <laughs> fucking, uh, yeah, I mean, you have a municipal judge, uh, you know, putting that woman in jail for seven days. And then you have the state government saying, oh, fuck no. No, that's not what we meant by this. You're just taking this shit to an extreme. Again, going based off what I said earlier, you have uh, these people that are wishing to abuse power, using this as an excuse uh, to trample the freedoms of others. Uh, and that's what they did 
did by putting this woman in jail for seven days. And the Texas, uh, st- you know, the uh, Texas state government said, no, nah, that's not where we fucking meant by this. Uh, back the fuck up. Let her go. Yep. Yeah, I'm just, I'm waiting to see how many of these fucking lawsuits actually get through after the, at the end of this. Because, you know, tons of people are going to be suing hostels because they didn't get treated. Like, for instance, when I was getting my windows tinted on my car, um, I was talking to this person I was in there. And their friend had gotten shot in both legs. And they went into the hospital. And the hospital told them, oh, well, it's a through and through. You're fine. Go home. We can't take care of you because of COVID-19. Well, the person went home. Bullets were still in their fucking legs. Got infected. Now they're going to need to be amputated. Yeah. So you have all that type of stuff going on. Then you have all the people. It's just going to be insane how many lawsuits are going to be happening. And what pisses me off more than the lawsuits is the fact that when the government pays them out, they're going to increase taxes on everyone to cover it because they will never be held accountable for the actions they take. Absolutely. Going on into some better news. Uh, this comes to us uh, from our neighbors in the north. And we actually have a pretty large listening audience in Canada. Uh, there was a mass killing in Canada uh, where if you don't know the details, uh, just, you know, the kind of snippets of it is there was a guy dressed up. He dressed up as law enforcement, had a law enforcement car. Uh, he used a handgun to kill several people. And then he actually set a bunch of fires uh, to cause more death. So, you know, you have a handgun and actually arson. Uh, but what does Justin Trudeau say? Oh, uh, you know, by the way, we were actually planning on, uh, you know, enacting a bunch of gun control and we were just, you know, slowed down by the coronavirus. Let me go ahead and just institute this. No need for, uh, you know, passing uh, legislation through parliament. Just what we'd consider executive uh, executive um, action. He just did it himself and he ended up banning a shit ton of quote unquote assault weapons. When an assault weapon was not even used by the mass killer, a handgun was used and arson. Is he banning matches? Is he banning kerosene? Gasoline? No, he's banning what he wants to do to make sure that he has a pacified populace by banning quote-unquote assault weapons. And if you haven't checked this out, there was a meme going around that actually Justin Trudeau banned Black Rifle Coffee Company in his list of banned uh, firearms because it says Black Rifle in it. He automatically assumed this has got to be a scary AR-15. He also banned AR-15.com. If you actually look, ARFCOM, uh, AR-15.com was one of the things banned in there. So these people were so just stupid. They don't know what they're talking about. Uh, these are the same people that are saying, you know, this uh, is a, uh, a weapon of mass uh, death that shoots 60 rounds per minute in this 100-round clip, all that kind of bullshit, you know, the, the stuff that makes us cringe. But here's some interesting things that they also banned that I didn't realize was such a problem. Uh, they banned a Japanese Type 97 20 millimeter anti-tank auto gun. They also uh, uh, banned a eight, uh, 80 millimeter mortar, uh, German mortar called the, uh, excuse my pronunciation on this, the Granatenwerfer. Uh, they also banned <laughs> a, a bunch of other anti-tank rifles, uh, including a Soviet M1942 anti-tank gun. Ones that you actually have to uh, carry on uh, like a, a, a trailer. Uh, he also banned uh, M1A1 bazooka. He also banned uh, a bunch of Russian uh, Soviet RPG-2s. Uh, a yeah, bunch of inter- dumb shit. The interesting thing was before this, um, Canada's laws, not defensive laws, but gun laws in general, um, whereas they were a little bit more stringent on what you had to do, uh, they had restricted and unrestricted licenses. And basically it was the difference between having an NFA, what would be an NFA license in the United States and a non-NFA license in the United States. And um, things that weren't restricted were like cal-
caliber size. Like in the United States, anything above, what, one inch is considered a destructive device. That wasn't a thing up in Canada, but now apparently they're banned. Um, I think he also banned some single-action 308 rifles that could only shoot one round at a time. Um, like right now, I have some friends up in Canada. One of them has like uh, one of the Russian anti-tank guns, and now he's trying to figure out a way to get them down to the U.S. legally so that way he doesn't lose his investment. Yeah. Um, so to all your Canadian listeners, uh, my suggestion is if you know someone in the United States and you aren't wanting to lose money, look at the legalities of getting your guns down here and get them down here so that way they don't just get destroyed. And I go as far as to say that there needs to be uh, one of these companies in the United States needs to big up and get a storage facility together for Northern, northern France so that way they can store their guns here. Don't trail me, eh? <laughs> <laughs> they need to do something up their shit. I mean, fuck, the French, what was it, in Ontario, they bombed, the, the, the French bombed something because they're tired of their the, the French language not being used on road signs and shit? Yeah. Like, okay, it's time to do that up there, guys. Yeah. About gun rights instead, though. Man, uh, fucking, it's just ridiculous, and uh, for all those people in Canada, I'm sorry, and what's even worse is that, you know, Justin Trudeau's whole purpose behind this stuff is that these uh, are weapons for killing, they're not weapons for hunting, yet the, there's exemptions in the law for the natives in Canada to use those, to keep those guns for hunting. Yeah. So, again, when we're talking about just the, the logic behind their political beliefs is just flawed beyond all belief. And this is the one thing, that's the one thing about the, uh, the anti-gun argument in general that I really don't like. They're always talking about, oh, well, this gun was made to kill blah, 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 and this 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 gun was made to kill X amount of people in X amount of minutes. Look, yeah, certain guns were made for competition purposes, obviously, but for the most part, every single gun that's been designed has been designed to be able to kill more efficiently. That is always the case. And the, and the thing is, the big thing that they need to learn is the faster it kills something, the more humane it is. Like, if someone breaks into my apartment, someone breaks into my home, someone breaks into my house, my barn, my my car, etc., and I'm in, and I'm in it. If I shoot them 15 times with a 22, chances are they ain't gonna fucking die, and they're gonna be in a lot of pain, and it's gonna be ugly. That said, if I had a 45, a 9, a 357 Sig, a 40 Smith and Wesson, or an AR-15 and 5.56, they're gonna go down a lot faster. It's gonna be a lot less painful, and it's gonna be a lot more humane. And it's a lot safer to you. Yeah, it's a lot safer to you, and it's a lot. It's more moral in a sense to use that against an attacker than something that's going to just poke holes in them and make them put them in a lot more pain than they had to have been. And it's, it's like hunting. You know, certain guns or certain calibers in certain states are banned from being used in hunting because they're seen as being inhumane because they wouldn't drop the animal fast. But we can't use that same logic for humans. And I think that's because there's this huge uh, disconnect in a lot of people's heads about the fact that, yeah, bad people exist and you might have to take your safety into your own hands. Mm -hmm, exactly. Going on to the next story, we'll start getting into some uh, good news in reference to the gun control onslaught being done on uh, the the precipice of this pandemic. Uh, and this comes to us from Amelin. This was published on the 8th. The title of it is Injunction Issued Against Massachusetts Governor Baker Order Closing Gun Stores. And basically, a United States District Cho uh, Court Judge, uh, Douglas P. Woodlock, issued an injunction against bans on the operation of firearms and, and many ammunition retailers imposed by the uh, Massachusetts governor, who is Charlie Baker, and others 
Uh, and of course, this case was brought by the great people of the Second Amendment Foundation, the Commonwealth Second Amendment, which is the state uh, gun rights advocacy group, the Firearms Policy Coalition, uh, and basically uh, all the the um, advertisement being put out by the FPC and SAF and others uh, stating that if you've been told by the state government uh, to shut down because of the pandemic, give us a call. We will file suit. And I've been listening to a lot of different podcasts, interviews, whatever it may be uh, from the FPC, because that's who I personally uh, am a huge fan for in reference to Second Amendment advocacy, even though Second Amendment Foundation does a great job as well. Uh, in regards to, they have been just, they, I mean, I don't understand why the United States Postal Service needs a stimulus, because it sounds like they've sent so many letters out to different organ, uh, government organizations across the country saying, hey, you need to stop this, otherwise we're going to file suit. Well, they have filed suit in this, and the U.S. State District Court judge has said no the Massachusetts governor cannot shut these stores down. Yeah, it sounds about right. I mean, the problem is the governors get in these states like like which one was this Massachusetts? Yep. Yeah, the problem is with these governors and the congressmen in these states and the, the legislators in general general they've gotten a little bit too big for their britches. Oh yeah, absolutely. Downsize a little bit because they think they have more power than they should have, and it, it turns it into a very nasty situation. It turns it even worse um, when the judges are actually in their side and in their pocket and there's no way of really combating that and that's where like California as much as I hate to say it California New York Massachusetts uh, I think it's Maryland is another bad one for the most part they're honestly lost causes for these large organizations and before we can help them we need to get into damage control mode and start protecting the states that are still free before they turn bad absolutely going into the next story uh, this one it's a little cl- uh, close to home to me this comes to us from Inland. It was published on the 6th. Uh, GOA and GOF sue ATF after Alabama Knicks exemptions reversal. Uh, and this is something that I've stated on a podcast a few weeks back. Uh, basically what it says, uh, it, you know, a few weeks back that the ATF is no longer allowing Alabama CCWs uh, to weigh, you know, having, because you hold a pistol permit, no longer uh, needed to go through a Knicks check. Uh, ATF said no. From now on, anybody in Alabama is wishing to purchase a firearm has to go through NICS, even though federal law states Alabama pistol permit holders can avoid the NICS check. ATF has stated that the reason for this, and I will 100% tell you this is true, uh, that certain sheriffs were allowing people that weren't allowed uh, to carry permit holders were getting permits because of uh, the sheriffs allowing them to. So therefore, if they use their pistol permit and exemption of a NICS check, therefore they are now allowing FFLs to give those people that are prohibited persons uh, possession of firearms. Well, the GOA and the GOF has filed suit saying the ATF cannot do this because they are pre-exempting federal law, which the ATF is not allowed to, even though I will say I understand why the ATF is doing this. And I'll tell you right now, the big reason behind this, because in Alabama, sheriffs are allowed to pocket that money that they are able to get from a pistol permit. So if you make, uh, just example, $10,000 a year as a sheriff, uh, for selling pistol permits, that sheriff is legally allowed to take that money and deposit that money into his own personal bank account. It doesn't have to stay in the sheriff's office. It doesn't have to stay in the county. And this is, I mean, a big problem as well. There's a huge hoopla in the state of Alabama because uh, prison food money or you know jail inmate food money. Uh, you know, the state said that you know, and actually the state even paid. You know, the state gave like say for example like five dollars per inmate. Uh, the sheriffs were only spending uh, you know a buck fifty for a meal, and the sheriff 
sheriffs were pocketing that $3.50 in their pocket. Um, the state law changed that, and I hate to say it, that's probably what's going to have to happen again for sheriffs to act right in Alabama, uh, so that way they don't have any financial incentive to give people uh, pistol permits that aren't allowed to have pistol permits. Um, but again, the reason the GOA and the GOF is doing this is because it's setting a dangerous president saying that the uh, you know out that the ATF is not allowed to circumvent federal law. Uh, but you know this could if, if Alabama sheriffs don't get right on this, it could screw up you know for the rest of the nation because they could just get rid of that law. Yeah, but I mean the, one of the problems is the ATF is already circumventing federal laws on several different fucking levels, and nothing's going to stop them. No court is going to roll against them because to date no court has rolled against them. You know it's like with the bump stock thing; they were allowed they forcibly. I, w- I want to make that clear. The ATF was forcibly made to redefine the definition of a machine gun. Yep. Or the bombs. They didn't, because, and this is something I think a lot of people don't understand. The ATF was asked by the NRA and the Obama administration multiple times to relook at the bump stock to decide whether or not it was legal. And each time the ATF said, yeah, it's fine. They were fucking done with the bump stock thing. They were tired of dealing with it and constantly going back and looking at it and going through the process of looking at it. And then Trump basically, what was it? He threatened to cut funding for the ATF if they didn't go along with it and then ordered the attorney general to turn it into law. So, and uh, besides that, because they were forced to do it, they've already circumvented federal law on several different occasions. They've decided that they're going to ignore federal law on several different occasions, including with marijuana and states like California, Colorado, etc. Absolutely. So I don't see either of these organizations prevailing against the ATF. However, I will say that uh, one of the things that the PDs and the sheriff's departments can do across the nation, not just down there, is if you come across a person that's carrying a gun without a permit, look the other way. It's their constitutional right to do that if they're a free person. If they aren't in prison, their rights should be restored anyway. And if you're trying to be a moral cop and a just cop, the best thing to do is not to bust someone for exercising their constitutional rights. It's called officer discretion, and we are all allowed to use it. Yeah, yeah it's, like, it's like when you pull over the 16-year-old that just bought an ounce of marijuana to go smoke with his bros. You gonna ruin his life over that and do the paperwork? No, you're gonna confiscate the weed and tell him to go home. We're gonna call his mom so that way she busts his ass when he, when they get back to the house. And it's the same thing like a cop. Hopefully a damn cop doesn't pull you over for doing like two miles over the speed limit. You know, yeah, you're breaking the law, but it's that officer discretion. You know, he's not gonna fool with you for doing two miles over the speed limit. It's just, oh, you dude, know. I got a funny story about that. I uh, Back when I first got my license, I got pulled over for literally doing one mile. Like, my speedometer said I was doing the speed limit, right? Their, their uh, speed gun said I was doing one mile per, per hour over. They pulled me over and gave me a $200 ticket, right? Jeez. And I just stayed there. So that way he could pull out first, right? And when he pulled out, he immediately gunned it. And I made sure to record it. I took it to fucking court. And the judge ended up going, hey, you're going to be paying the $200 instead. Jesus. And that's, that was, well, that's Yeah, that's been my favorite story about the justice system because all the other ones are just terrible. Well, and I tell you, ju- you know, it's a good thing and a bad thing, but judges can do whatever the fuck they want in that courtroom, basically. Yeah, I mean, and yeah, it's a good and a bad thing, especially when it comes to fucking family court, because oh my fucking Christ, dude. We had a judge, um, my parents were going through a divorce, and the judge was literally asking my mom if she had been psychologically evaluated recently by a psychologist, and she still granted custody of my younger sibling to my mother, even though she had no job, no house, etc., and she made several false allegations that were proven to be false against my father and myself. He still gave her custody. Well, and I'll tell you this.
this. Not in, I, I know you probably know a little bit about my story and all that kind of stuff. And this is the whole reason I started this this podcast and my, my social media is, uh, you know, I'm a single dad. I'm, I work in law enforcement. Uh, well, happy Father's Day, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I went through a nasty divorce with my kid's mother. And something about her, she also works in law enforcement. Um, but, you know, I told her because I caught her cheating with another cop. And uh, I told her, I said, you know, if, if, you know, we could work through this out. Or if you're going to, you know, you're going to divorce me, I'm going to try and go for my kids because I'm, you know, just because you fell out of love and want to screw some other dude doesn't mean I'm going to give away time to my kids. So she, you know, and went, it was a year and a half long, you know, battle. And, yeah. uh, you know, she she accused me of, of domestic violence. Uh, you know, he accused me of racism. Uh, I had to go to court for all this, uh, you know, criminal court. And, uh, you know, she already, you know, she said, you know, because, you know, that's that's a death sentence for, for cops, you know. And that's why a lot of people that are, are you know, anti-cops say that, you know, cops are, uh, you know, more likely to be domestic abusers. No, the reason they do that is because uh, whenever they get in any sort of relationship trouble, their girlfriends, their wives always accuse them of that because that's the death nail of any law enforcement's career. Uh, because if you get found guilty of domestic violence, which all the time it's it's he said, she said stuff, um, you know, it's you're not allowed to carry a gun because you lose your second amendment rights. So you're not allowed to be a cop. So that's why there's more accusations towards cops than anything else. So I went through all that and, uh, you know, I, I proved her wrong uh, in court because I had evidence saying what she said was untrue. She was actually found in contempt of court for lying in court, but she's still a cop. Uh, both of them are, if you can believe that. Uh, yeah, that's that's that, that's another problem with the court system. It's like up in Virginia, what was it, last year? A cop with eight infractions while in his cruiser already slammed into a stop vehicle in a uh, construction area. He was doing 95 while watching a Grand Theft Auto video on his uh, cruiser's computer. Yeah. Killed her infant child, and instead of firing him on this ninth incident, they put him on desk duty and then tried charging the mother with manslaughter because one buckle wasn't fastened just right. But, uh, you know, and, and I got custody of my kids and, uh, yep. you know, once once I got done with that, I told myself, you know, like, I'm going to do stuff that I've been wanting to do and uh, that's why I started this podcast because I felt like I could bring a, a perspective uh, to the gun community through social media uh, and through podcasts that, you know, other people don't and that's why I started this podcast and all that yeah, kind of stuff. So, of, all to the single dads out there, happy Mother's Day. Speaking of uh, police and domestic violence, one thing that a lot of people need to understand is, yeah, the, the whole 40% statistic makes some funny memes, but that was based off of a flawed study back in, like, the 80s. Yeah. It wasn't even, it, it's not even, like, if you put that study in front of any academic uh, board, they'd look at it, laugh at it, and throw it in the trash. Yeah. Like, and I'm very critical of cops. You know that. A lot of people know that. I'm. It's not that I hate cops. I just want to see them do better. So I'm very critical of them and I'm even saying yeah that study's bullshit and it's been proven to be bullshit absolutely let's go on and get into our next story after we you know get off our both of our soapboxes on that one but uh this also comes to us from animal land this is a good story it's published on the 29th uh goa virginia citizens defense league win injunction to keep safe side tactical open uh and this was kind of uh, a test case in virginia uh of course uh governor northam in there in virginia was using the coronavirus as an excuse to shut down uh, basically any gun stores uh, except for uh, in all indoor ranges except for law, enfor uh, law enforcement law enforcement purposes uh, and that gun store was an indoor range and uh, they won uh, a court case to keep that store open which is good job I tell you you know if you gun owners America is, is doing great um, but I am a huge opponent in FBC but also I'm a huge proponent in uh, you know your own Second Amendment uh, state organizations which I'm actually kind of surprised when we're talking 
talking about Alabama earlier, that Bama Carey, which is the uh, the Alabama State's uh, Second Amendment organization, is not involved in that. But I tell you, the Virginia Citizen Defense League has been kicking ass, and I've donated money to uh, California uh, Second Amendment State organizations because they've done some great work out there, and they need the resources to fight uh, those politicians out there. But the Virginia Citizens Defense League is kicking ass, and if you're looking, you just got some money burning in your pocket, especially from your Trump check. Go give them, you know, $10, 25 $50, whatever whatever you can afford to give. Give them some money. Uh, or, you know, volunteer time uh, that you, if they if you can, do something to help them out. They're, they're doing amazing work up there. And to any of you that are still supporting the NRA instead of, you know, paying for that membership or giving them a donation, look into who your local group is or your local state group is for fighting for your rights and give them that money instead because they're going to be doing a hell of a lot more for you to benefit you in your state than the NRA is going to do for you on a national level. That's Absolutely. Just, that's the facts of it, and there's no real, like, you can't objectively disagree with that. Absolutely. Uh, next story comes to us from MLN as well as published on the 10th. A lawsuit was filed against uh, Agricultural Commissioner, Commissioner Nikki Fried uh, over concealed weapons permit violations, and uh, this is something, uh, I'm friends with another podcast group uh, that is, uh, they got some, uh, some of the hosts are in Florida. This is crazy. The Agricultural Commission uh, is actually the one that runs the concealed weapons permit for the state of Florida uh, and the commissioner there, Nikki Fried uh, has suspended, uh, I mean completely shut down applications uh, for concealed weapons permits including online concealed carry applications uh, so a group called the Young Americans for Liberty uh, who she has called an obscure right wing fringe has filed a suit uh, against the suspension of online concealed weapons permit applications uh, so she, you know, she is, thinks that you know, you're right, this for self defense is negotiable and uh, the Young Liberty, Young Americans for Liberty, uh, Cliff Maloney, the president, said that's a blatant disregard for the rule of law, and I will not idly sit by uh, while she uses the crisis to enact her gun-grabbing agenda. So I think it's pretty interesting. You know, it's it's jacked up. I think first off that the Agricultural Commission uh, right. is the one over that, not any sort of law enforcement organizations or anything like that. It's the Agricultural Commission. That's and, what I was saying. Like, why does Florida have to be so fucked up with everything they do? Absolutely. Like, they got blatant faces. Jesus. They got the wrong people running the licensing for guns like what are they going to have school teachers uh, uh deciding what traffic laws are it's it's fucked up man it's florida though what do you oh, get yeah. but uh that's yeah. jacked up and uh that's something else that hopefully you can keep an eye on because i mean she even like i said closed down online applications you know i understand you might not want any face-to-face -face action um in regards to uh you know spreading the coronavirus sure that's a still a, a wrong justification to deny a right uh yep. but you have the ability for online applications and you're still turning that down that's just jacked up and the thing is like right now with how everything is one i'm surprised we haven't seen an increase in burglaries and thefts but right now with everything that's going on going by by you know regular logic regular common sense with everything being out of stock you would think that burglaries and thefts will be on the rise and because of that right now would be a crucial time to not inhibit rights especially the right to self-defense you think because the last thing you want is a hundred grandmas having their houses broken into and them getting raped and killed by the people that broke in and she didn't get to go and buy her little 22 derringer that might have fucking stopped them you'd think uh, another great story though coming out of Maryland if you can believe this this comes to us wow. from Inland uh, and it's published on the 8th Maryland Governor Hogan vetoes ban on private transfers of long guns uh, there was a bill passed to have the ban of private transfers of long guns which would include uh, you know rifles like the AR-15, that kind of stuff. 
Um, but he vetoed the bill, uh, which uh, was passed both in the Senate and the House there. And, uh, you know, good for him. That's fucking amazing. It sounds like uh, he needs to go to SHOT Show get one of them free handies. <laughs> exactly. I'm telling you. And we're going to close out the main segment uh, with a uh, uh, the Firearms blog. This was published uh, four days ago, which had been the 6th. Uh, and the headline is, Firearms Backgrounds Checks Remain High as COVID-19 Pandemic Continues. Uh, we talked about earlier that the month of March uh, was a record-breaking month with a total of 3.7 million background checks, uh, and that is the highest of background checks ever since they started recording the number of background checks. And so far in April, there have been recorded 2.9 million checks. Uh, so that is about what they thought it was at the end of March, uh, which when finally when all the numbers came in, it turned out to be 3.7. So it might be higher than 2.9, might be more than 3, uh, but 2.9 million background checks occurred in regards to firearms i believe that because i went to my recent uh or my you know some of my local gun stores and there's still pretty pretty slim pickings uh, in regards to guns you're starting to see some things come back uh but you're starting to see some of the old ammo restrictions uh, like my local academy you have a limit of five uh total boxes of no matter what it is just five boxes of ammunition total uh not regards to any particular caliber um uh, walmart you haven't seen that but you know walmart they got rid of what they call dead calibers they got really like nine millimeter two two three and all that stupid shit uh, you know trying to virtue signal uh, and you know i haven't been to bass pro just because i don't go to you know i don't like going to bass pro even though uh there's one kind of close by to me uh you know academy's kind of one of my favorite ones to go to uh but you know you, you start to see you still see that a lot of like local gun stores some of my you know favorite you know pawn shops and gun stores I like to go to pretty slim pickings now uh, for any of you that are out there listening that you're interested in guns but you haven't bought a gun and the reason you haven't bought a gun is because you don't want to go and fill out the paperwork because you're afraid of a trail being started um there's these things called polymer 80s and you can have them sent to your home they're basically glock pistol frames that haven't been finished you finish them up and you don't have to go through a background check form um so if you're one of the people that's been apprehensive to get into it because of the background check and because of all the paperwork that you might have to fill out that's a route that you can go and from what i've seen polymer 80 frames aren't exactly sold out everywhere and they're relatively inexpensive i think it's like 75 dollars for a glock 19 size frame um, and the nice thing is with those there's they're spec'd out to gen 3 glocks for the most part um, brownells actually makes a long side conversion kit for the gen 3 glocks so you can get a long side glock 19 without having to send it off to someone to get a grip check and actually uh, poly 80 sells the kits everything that you need absolutely everything you need for that 80 percent frame that as soon as you're done building it yourself and you put everything together you get yourself a working firearm uh, so this you, works for you uh felons out there that didn't do anything wrong that are wanting to protect yourselves as well um, that's not legal advice because uh, I'm not a lawyer and I don't suggest you do this because you can get in trouble but I'm just saying you know you're a free person you can do what you want to do I tell you you know it's always funny I, working in gun stores and stuff like that you can always tell uh, who the, the felons were because they're always the ones buying the black powder rifles and shit what's funny is um, I actually talked to one of our mutual friends that happens to be a lawyer about that because I've, I've been I, I've seen it multiple times where people say, oh yeah, well, black powder is still relevant because felons can carry them. Yeah, well, I found out that they aren't. Like, they can't because it's still considered a deadly weapon. And it's arguably worse in some court's eyes to have a deadly weapon than it is to have a gun. Yeah, it's, it's in, well, yeah, legally, I, yeah, I'm not going to go into it because it's different with every state, but here yeah. in Alabama, yeah, felons can carry uh, black powder rifles and, and pistols and shit like that, uh, which if, you know, a felon tries to shoot somebody with a single shot black powder or pistol, just props on them. Yeah, 
if you can get it and put it on World Star, um, yeah, I'll probably send you a few goodies. Just go. <laughs> well, that's going to wrap up our main segment. And with that, well, let's go ahead and I'm going to get into our sponsor. Uh, did you know, Tat Cat, we got a sponsor here on 2A Lifestyle? Oh, no, I did not. Go ahead and tell me about them. We have a sponsor, and it is Cold War Concealment. We had Cliff on on our last episode. He's a great guy. And yeah, he, uh, is. he is a, uh, and actually, this is something that we uh, talked about, is that we actually know some of the same people. Somebody that I work with uh, is from that same area uh, where Cold War Concealment is, and they actually, uh, they know each other. So, uh, but anyway, Cold War Concealment is a Kydex holster company, and they make great products for without breaking the bank. Uh, and this is something that, you know, especially us, like, you know, that make memes, we always, you know, jank on people that, you know, use hybrid holsters or nylon holsters or leather holsters. Um, Kydex holsters are a far superior product. And if, I hope that if you're shopping for a Kydex holster, you go to Cowork Concealment. You can check them out on social media, on Facebook and Instagram under Cowork Concealment. And you can go to CoworkConcealment.com. And I am anxious that they're coming out with some outside the waistband holsters to see what that looks like. Because they actually have some, well, I call them a boog pattern, uh, but it is actually a Hawaiian themed uh, sheets that you can make your holsters out of. And I've been wanting to get one, uh, but I'm waiting to see the until they come out with their outside the waistband holsters. And I want to get some outside the waistband holsters in that Hawaiian theme. And if you use the number 2A, that is 2A Lifestyle 10, you can get yourself 10% off a holster. Uh, and, you know, when you're looking at holsters, because, you know, I've been looking to get a Hawaiian themed outside the waistband holster uh, that's uh, QLS compatible, which they do make outside the waistband holsters that are QLS compatible. Uh, and I was wanting to get one. I'm looking at, you know, between like 90 to $120, uh, you know, just for a Hawaiian pattern inside the waistband holster. You're looking, I think, for like around 50 bucks, but, you know, you're looking at uh, $40 for a Kydex holster uh, for Cold War Concealment. And if you use 2A Lifestyle 10, you get 10% off of that. So you're looking at $36 plus shipping. So it's not that expensive to get you a decent Kydex holster for your firearm. And I hope that since you, I hope you bought a decent firearm with your trump check and you should be able to afford a Cold War Concealment holster to go with that. Now for some insider information, uh, me and Cold War Concealment, I've been talking a little bit. You should be getting the molds for the Walther PPS M2 and the Walther CCP M2 pretty soon. So if you've been having problems trying to find a holster that you'd like or one that's relatively inexpensive for those two guns, he's going to be having those molds. Not too certain on the date, but they should be soon. So go ahead and check them out if you're looking for a holster for those two guns. Absolutely. And if you reach out to him uh, and he doesn't have the gun listed in your uh, for your firearm, uh, reach out to him. Uh, it might cost you a little bit more, uh, but it's still going to cost you a whole hell of a lot less than some of the other holster companies that you see out there. Uh, but he can make the, the holster for you. I was looking at a uh, for a full-size 5-inch Smith & Wesson M&P holster. Uh, and he says, yeah, I can get that done. Uh, and so that's something that he's going to do. Uh, I'm planning on getting uh, the outside the waistband holsters and some inside the waistband holsters uh, for my main carry guns. Uh, you know, I shoot, I, I can shoot any Glock uh, great just because I put hundreds of thousands of rounds through Glock and a Glock's a Glock's a Glock. Uh, I'm starting to, you know, I carry SIG now uh, for my duty carry. Uh, so I'm trying to get better with that. But personally, uh, just for off-duty carry, I love Smith & Wesson M&Ps. Uh, you know, I'm 6'5", so I got hands like a gorilla. And uh, those ergonomically are the 
best feeling pistols for me. I don't shoot them as great as I do Glock and now Sig, uh, but I just love carrying them because that's the most comfortable for me, so I'm planning on getting uh, holsters for those. Uh, so go check out ColdWarConcealment.com, and that is going to wrap up our main segment. Yeah, all right. I about why you're bald. Yeah? Why is that? Yeah, I think all the uh, growth hormones went to your height instead of your head. Absolutely. I'll, I'll, I, you know, and I started like balding in high school, so I, I fucking believe it. <laughs> it is. It's the craziest thing. I, uh, for those of you that don't know what I look like, I have a beard. And ever since I started growing a beard, I have a bald spot on my fucking chin. Like on the bottom <laughs> part of my chin. And I can't get rid of it. And every time I look up, if there's someone that I don't know around me, they go, hey, you have a bald spot on your chin. Did you know that? Well, it's crazy because uh, back when I had hair, people don't believe me because, you know, all I got's a beard now and it's red. And, uh, but like my, when I have hair and, it, you know, when I grew it out, I was blonde. So everybody says like, oh, you're a ginger. I'm like, not really. It's just, just the red, man. Just the beard. Everything else is blonde. So you used to be an orange dream circle, huh? Exactly. I was, I was a day walker. <laughs> Well, with that, let's go ahead and start getting into our next segment. The next segment is going to be our gun gear news and reviews. Uh, not a whole lot to talk about in reference to this and fucking autoplay. Uh, but the, in reference to that, uh, the CZ Shadow 2 has come out with optics ready, which I think is great. Uh, CZ Shadow is a great competition. Got a lot of people go for it in reference to getting into the competition realm. Uh, it's kind of expensive, you know, on the expensive side. Uh, but still, it's uh, kind of a mass-produced gun that a lot of people use whenever they start getting serious into shooting and now they have optics ready and this is something that I preach I think if you're making a gun nowadays that's not optics ready with suppressor height sights and a threaded barrel I think you're wrong uh, because with the suppressor market is nowadays I think uh, I think it was either Silencer Co or Suppressor Shop somebody posted that there's like 6.5 million suppressors in circulation uh, and especially with red dots becoming more and more available you start to have uh, Hollow Sun Trigicon um, Swamp Rock Optics uh, Burris uh, all kinds of companies making uh, decent red dots nowadays. Six hour, uh, you have all these companies nowadays. I think that should be a, a must in regards to firearms. Uh, and another product that I want to talk about uh, is actually a knife. Uh, it is uh, the CRKT. Uh, it, that's the Columbia River Knife Company. And it is called, oh uh, shit, uh, I lost it. Fuck, I can't. It's the, oh uh, uh, shit. You got something while I'm trying to see what this fucking thing is again? Oh yeah, so. So, um, what the CZ one problem is, I don't think it allows for suppressor height sights. Um, and that's something that I'm seeing a lot of companies doing with their optics ready models. I have no fucking clue why their engineers decided that they're going to either, and it's like Walther. Walther did it, Sig did it. And look, I love the guys at Walther. They're great guys to talk to. But making it to where either you don't get a back sight or the rear plate that covers the optic mount area is attached to the rear sight. It makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. And I think with the CZ Shadow 2. It's great that they're making an optics-ready version. However, price-wise, I think it's like $400 more expensive than the standard Shadow 2, and to get one milled um, from someone like uh, CNH Precision is something like $125. So, Absolutely. it's great that they're coming out with it, but if you're trying to save money, or you want to buy the optic and the gun at the same time, instead of saving, 
route that you can go is just buy the Shadow 2, get like a Holosun 507C, and then send it out to someone like CNH Precision Weapons to get it meld. Well, and my thinking is, and this is with anything like, and just kind of like regards to capitalism, is the more you make things commonly uh, available and shit like that, uh, the, the more the price is going to come down. And that's what we're yeah. seeing with the red dots themselves uh, and stuff like that. So I think that's where it needs to be in, in the uh, industry, uh, that if, if every gun manufacturer makes their slides that are already milled, uh, in it, shit, it could be just like cheap plastic Glock suppressor height sights, you know, uh, yeah. just something uh, there. And then uh, a threaded barrel, you know, like when you're looking for the price of threaded barrels, uh, you know, for like just a cheap threaded barrel, you're looking at like, what, a $20 difference between a threaded and a non-threaded, you know, yeah. like, you know, it's it's not nothing huge. And it's because that's because it's kind of more and more common. And I think if uh, the manufacturers include that in regards to their, uh, you know, their standard models, especially when you start having sales and stuff, you're, you're not going to really notice any price difference. If anything, it's like maybe yeah. 25 to 40 bucks, maybe. Yeah, well, let's see, Glock is, is proud of their shit. So you're still looking at like 100 or $150. But when you yeah, spike the uh, XDMs is a, is a great example. You know, XD came out with their uh, version of, you know, optics ready suppressor height with uh, uh, threaded barrels and on sale, shit, you're looking at like a $50 difference between like a full size uh, XDM and the uh, optics ready. You know, it's not a whole lot of difference. Yeah, speaking of all this, uh, shout out to Walter. I don't know if you've covered this yet. Um, so Walter does a whole bunch of like suppressor ready guns and they do optics ready guns or a handful of models. And beforehand, there were no suppressor height sites that I could find at least available for like the PPQ um, and the PPQ Q, or the Q5 match and the uh, optic ready PPQs, you lose your rear sight. And instead of waiting for the aftermarket pick up, Walter realized, hey, this is something that it actually needs. And they're working on making the suppressor height sights and the plates for them in home instead of waiting for the aftermarket. That's amazing, man, because I remember you were talking about that in the group chat the other day. Yeah, I'm still sour as fuck that I can't buy a pair of suppressor height sights right now, but I'm still going to send the gun out once I get the optic to get it milled because I'd rather have a dot and no uh, backup irons than no dot and regular sights. Yeah. And uh, the my night that I was talking about, I knew it was the M16, but I knew it was something funky because there's M16 and there's this M16 uh, uh, LEK, which is the law enforcement everyday carry. Uh, and I've had this thing now, fuck, for like six years. And, uh, you know, I'm a huge, you know, I'm, I'm a huge fan of knives. I love knives. Uh, me and my son fucking love watching Forge and Fire and shit like that. Uh, but, uh, you know, I'm not a huge fan of like buying expensive shit because I always fucking lose stuff. Uh, you know, I have like numerous pairs of like nice Oakleys and I either, it constantly either gets broken just because of me being not, you know, gentle with shit as my kids and my girlfriend would say uh, or uh, just losing it. But I've actually held on to this fucking knife for six years except for like a nine month period there where I lost it and it was actually buried in a, you know, a deep part of my car that I was at, didn't know about until I got rid of that car and I was cleaning very hard, you know, and found it. Um, but uh, it's got like a seatbelt cutter, a glass breaker, it's a Tonto tip, uh, it's got serrations, um, it's CRKT, and you know, the only thing I've ever had it done to this knife in six years that I've had it is just tighten uh, the little Allen head screws that hold the clip on there, uh, and it's $53. Uh, it's a little, you know, a little pricey for like just a pocket knife, 50 bucks, yeah. but in, not if you're looking at something like Benchmade or Spyderco or something like that. Uh, it's very reasonably priced, and it's, you know, held the edge pretty well uh, for a knife. I use it all the time for, you know, just everyday stuff, and uh, you know, it's always good to have a good pocket knife in your EDC. Uh, well, and go ahead. Well, on the subject of CRKT, one that I'd really like to bring up is the home front. I don't know if you've heard of that 
one? No, I haven't. Okay, so the home front, it was actually an ingenious idea. Like, I absolutely loved it, and I've been uh, I've been thoroughly disappointed that CRKT didn't do more with it. So what it is, it's a, uh, it has a flipper, you know, the thumb flippers like some knives have. Yeah. It's got one of those, but the great thing about it was you could field strip it. It was relatively easy to field strip, or is it's still available. It takes you maybe a minute to take it apart, and the idea was you could change out the blade for different tasks. So let's say you need to cut a log or a branch. You could change out the blade to a completely serrated blade and go ham on the branch and then change it back out to your straight blade. Um, it's a very interesting design. I think they're like $53. I'm looking at right now. 79 bucks on uh, Amazon. $79, yeah. I mean, it's a very interesting design. Um, I think they came out with a few different models that had different blade styles, but they didn't make the blades actually available. And that was very disappointing. Like, it'd be great to be able to buy one home front and be able to go to CRKT's website or Amazon or Blade HQ and order two, three different blades that I could keep with me for different tasks. It'd be a great, I mean, that'd be the ultimate camping knife right there. Yes, yes, it would be. And I mean, honestly, it's so simple. I love it. And I also love, um, I have two M16s that they made. I have one of them right here. I have the O1T and then I have their $16 Walmart special. I'm not a huge fan of either of them, but the one that I really do love, I've loved it ever since I played with it, is the CRKT Fossil. Mm. That's probably the smoothest $40 knife you will ever find. It's almost, it's on ball bearings, but when you flip it, it's almost like it's an automatic with how smooth it is. Interesting. Now, if you're on, but if you're only on a major budget, Ontario Rat One all day, you can get them at Walmart for twenty five bucks. Oh yeah, but you can't pay for. Yeah, I was working at uh, Purdue University as a uh, animal caretaker, and it might not sound like that entails a whole bunch, but let me tell you what it did. And in about six months that I worked there, because I got a better opportunity, um, I abused the hell out of that blade, and I went on to abuse it at my next job, and it's held up really well. I haven't sharpened it yet, and they can still cut uh halfway frozen chicken with it interesting yeah i mean i've lo i love the knife i've actually felt so bad for abusing it because i started to love it that i haven't been carrying it because i don't want to lose it yeah I, like i said i mean I'm, I'm constantly losing shit and the last product that i want to review is actually a wallet since we're talking about knives we're talking about edc it's a wallet uh two weeks ago i woke up uh my guy i have a belgian malinois uh who was actually supposed to be a law enforcement canine but she ended up uh, developing some hip issues and and she couldn't anymore so they were wanting to give her a good home and I knew the breeder and uh, so she gave them to me and because she was um, you know around like the real like alpha dogs that you know were being trained constantly for police work and she had hip issues she became super docile and she's the sweetest dog and I love her even but the thing is with Belgian Mal Malinois they're called Maligators for a fucking reason it's because they chew on everything and two weeks ago I woke yeah. up uh, my wallet fell off my nightstand and this fucking dog uh, chewed it up and I was so pissed it was a really nice leather wallet uh, my sister gave me uh, like five, eight, you know, 12 years ago, 14 years ago. Uh, so I had to get a new wallet and it took me forever because I'm very peculiar with, you know, I, I like my stuff to be functional. Um, so I was yep. looking for wallets and I finally found this wallet on Amazon and it's called a uh, Raptum uh, and it's called the Trifold, Trifold uh, Wallet Money Hold. It's $23 and uh, the only thing I don't like about it is that Velcro. I am not a huge fan of Velcro because I feel like a fucking child whenever I'm in a wide pain. <laughs> for shit and I uh, have to tear open that Velcro uh, but something I like about it it's, it's a you know fairly large trifold wallet I know a lot of people are into minimalist stuff um, but you know I carry a lot of shit in my wallet uh, you know cards IDs uh, proxy cards stuff like that uh, and but what I like about this is it actually has three different
different window displays for IDs. Um, so, that's you know, it's got one on the outside. That, that's where I keep my uh, driver's license. Uh, and it's mesh so you can see through it. And it's not that plastic. I don't like, you know, that c clear see-through plastic, especially in, in this so heat. Filthy. Well, it gets filthy. And then also what I've had issues with is that uh, the plastic kind of like almost melts. Like if it's been in your pocket and it's really hot outside, it melts yeah. and sticks to your IDs and like it rips some of the, the like your picture or whatever off. Um, yeah. So it's it's mesh uh, that you can see through so you don't have to worry about that. And it's on the outside so I can keep that out. So if anybody asks for my driver's license, I got that. And there's also two more IDs. Uh, one on the outside that's uh, near the Velcro and then another on the inside uh, that is on the other Velcro. And I get uh, put my, uh, my uh, VA card in that one and then my uh, law enforcement ID in the other one. So I got those really available so that way I can just show people if they need to look at it. And then it's got uh, a total of eight different card holders in there. So like one, I got like my insurance stuff and my proxy card for like the range and for my work. And then the other one I got uh, like my debit and credit cards. But something that's really, I really like about this is it's got uh, like three stretchy things, like, like stretchy holders there along the cards uh, for flash drives. And oh, that is huge to me because in my work, I'm always needing flash drives and I'm always constantly either fucking forgetting them in my pocket uh, because they're super tiny, uh, you know, and they get washed and sometimes that can ruin them and, uh, you know, just fucking lost all that stuff on your flash drive. Uh, but, you know, I'm always remembering to take out my wallet because my wallets are kind of large because I'm holding all my stuff. Um, it can hold three flash drives in there. Uh, and something else that I really like about it is that it, in a trifold uh, where you put your, actually your currency, uh, it's divided. So you actually have like two areas to put your, uh, either your currency or receipts or whatever the fuck it may be in there. And then inside there, you actually have a little zipper container that you can put change in there, which I don't know why fucking anybody would put change in your wallet. Um, but, and then it also comes with a little loop that you could put like uh, either a D-ring on there or an S-clip uh, or a lanyard or something like that. Uh, you know, it's $23 uh, and it comes in different colors. Uh, black, uh, black with a thin blue line, whoopty fucking do, coyote tan, uh, stupid ass desert cami, uh, multicam, and just khaki. Uh, so, different colors, $23. You can get it on Amazon. I've been thoroughly pleased with it uh, and after looking at all kinds of different wallets, I was looking at like tactical notebook covers, wallets, uh, other different name brand wallets uh, and I'm going for this one. I've been thoroughly happy. Uh, EDC is a big thing for gun guys. Uh, yeah. You know, my girlfriend's brother-in-law, he's all, whenever I go see, uh, you know, her sister and him, all, he's always a huge EDC guy. He's always breaking out uh, flashlights and different shit that he carries on EDC. Uh, and we talked about knives on this and uh, that's the wallet that I got in. I've had it, like I said, for two weeks and I've been thoroughly enjoying it. Is there anything, Mike, that uh, you have that you want to talk about in gear? Um, well, as far as wallets go, if you're a minimalist kind of person that wants to have a front wallet or front pocket wallet, I'm one of those people because I got tired of having one in my back pocket. It's annoying as shit getting in and out of cars. I ended up going with the uh, Vault Skin Chelsea, I believe is the name of it on Amazon. It's about $30. Um, used to use it in a factory where I sweat my ass off. I'm talking, I'd walk five feet in the factory, new on the shift, and my entire shirt would be soaked. And this thing, it's leather. It's not gotten pliable. I've had it for uh, four years now, and it never got a stench to it, which is fantastic. The only problem is um, it's got three pockets, one down the center vertically. It's gone one horizontal on the back, and on the front, it has another one that's vertical. The only issue with it is if you put like five cards in the front,
front pocket or five cards in the back pocket um, and then you take one out it will loosen a little bit and the cards may fall out until you've sat on it or let it sit for a little while to reform to having fewer cards in it so it's a fantastic wallet if you're wanting leather and a front pocket wallet at the same time cool. um, other, other than that I've been using a Fenix E16 lately for a flashlight but I fucking lost it because it's so goddamn tiny um, I know a lot of people have been looking at reviews on that and it's on Amazon I think it might be $45 and a lot of the reviews talk about how it gets really hot after five minutes of use and oh it burnt my hand and it, they're pussies <laughs> this light does not <laughs> get that hot so I put it in my pocket I was getting up and I was going to leave and I noticed that it had been on for an hour in my pocket on the maximum setting and I didn't realize that until I started to feel a little warmth in my pocket well I pulled it out and after an hour's use on the full setting which was phenomenal it's a little uh where's the, I have the battery right here for it where's the name of it it's a 16340 or a rechargeable CR123A um and it ran on its maximum setting for an hour in my pocket it wasn't too hot to handle it was just a little warm but if you're looking for a light that weighs like an ounce without the battery to add to your EDC it's a fantastic light has a good runtime and it's got a lot of features for its size cool yeah I, I like lights uh you know I carry a lot normally pen lights and stuff like that but I, I same thing i'm either always breaking them or fucking losing them so i actually normally buy just like the cheap uh like 10 pack lights uh that are small on amazon and i keep them in my desk at work so that way whenever i lose one or i break one i can just easily grab another one exactly and i you know got a pack of batteries right next to them just triple a's that's why i typically like normally i like to have a full-size flashlight because i don't lose those um but like i had an o-light and this o-light's an interesting company to talk about because a lot of people love them and a lot of people hate them predominantly i've had very bad uh, experiences with their products um before i got this e16 i had an s30r baton 2 and it was when my dog rest in peace um needed light at night to be able to see because she had a stroke and within three weeks of having the light i lost the brightest setting oh damn and i needed the light that it was producing so i couldn't send it in for warranty otherwise i couldn't take my dog out when she needed to go out at night uh, since then fortunately all the settings lasted until i had to get her put down but since then it is one setting only half the time. It's Damn. terrible. Um, but the Fenix, I've put it through a lot more things than the Olight, and it doesn't even have half as much wear on it as the Olight did. Yeah, I'm not a fan of just anything rechargeable because, I mean, here in, in yeah. you know, lower Alabama, the heat always just ruins those batteries, and they're always so damn expensive to replace you can even find yeah. them. So I'm just, I'm, if it, unless it has just batteries that you can buy from the store, uh, I don't even bother with them. That's where I'm fortunate up here in Indiana unless it's like super cold in the winter rechargeables are just fine and the nice thing is the one reason I went with the smaller E16 over like the P35 with the Fenix is because I'm using a TLR7 on my carry gun currently oh yeah and the TLR7 will accept the where's the name of it again the 16340 rechargeables right so if I'm in a situation where I need to have my gun out and my light dies on me I can change the light from my pocket light into my gun and the cool thing is with the 16340 the TLR7 actually gets a little boost in its brightness hmm. and that was because I was kind of curious about it like I'm, I'm a poor motherfucker so it's like I don't want to test this and ruin my TLR7 that I need for my everyday carry gun but for the sake of science let's go ahead and do it and I did it and it was brighter I'm like oh that's pretty cool so I went down because I have two cars right now one of them has 30% uh, tint and the other one has 20% tint uh, with the TLR7 with the 16340 I could see into the windows on the 30% tint, but 
but I'll be 100% honest, it was not going to defeat the 20% 10. Oh, okay. I just couldn't. Hmm, interesting. And that's where, I mean, that's uh, that's another subject with flashlights is, is output. Everyone looks at lumens, no one looks at candela. Candela is what's going to defeat barriers. Yeah. Everybody's all about the lumens, but it's candela is something else that you need to look into. You also need to look at the runtime on what's being advertised, like with the uh, Olight PL Mini. I got it because the TLR7 controls, the original TLR7, not the A's, was shit. The controls were absolutely horrendous. I have uh, large to extra large hands, and even having the light backed up onto the trigger guard, I was having difficulties using it. So I got the TL Mini to kind of test it out, and I was going to go with it on my carry gun, even though it was rechargeable, um, until I read its uh, booklet. Runtime on it is like an hour and 20 minutes, I think, at a full charge, and maximum output is like 400 lumens and 3,000 candela. So there's like no candela, it's not piercing shit. Lumens are okay for its size because it's the same size as the uh, XC1 from Surefire, so it's superior to the XC1. But runtime on that maximum output is 10 minutes only. Yeah. And my problem with that whole maximum or a different runtime for the maximum output compared to the actual runtime is I don't know how regular battery drain is going to affect that. Yeah. Because it doesn't matter like with Enforced, you have to unscrew the the, the uh, emitter so that way your batteries don't drain. Yeah. With all with all flashlights, all electronics, I don't care what it is. Eventually, over time, the battery dies, even if it's recharged. Oh. And I don't want to have it where I didn't recharge it for like a week. Let's just say I got forgetful, didn't put it on the charger. I didn't want to have it to where it was a week. I needed to use it, and I go to go turn it on, and oh, guess what? I don't have the maximum setting. I've been stumped down to sixty lumens. Yeah, and then you just you know good for just going around the house basically with it. Yeah, yeah. Like hey, like that would actually be an incident where the perpetrator would be able to use your light as a target point. Yep. Now, now I'm off that now. I'ma keep a low profile. I don't do this to pose. It's more for the coast. Not talking about bread. I got me a low. Talking about everything that I've been doing to help all the youngins to prosper and grow. Everything changed up. Hate's not in me. Jealousy and envy's not pretty. It breathes all through my city. Rappers out here acting all kitty. Pussyfoot and that's another words. That's enough here for all of us. It's okay when you fall on your face. Well, with Michael, with that, let's go ahead and start getting into our culture segment. Uh, now, have you Hell seen yeah. Extraction yet on Netflix? Dude, I fucking love that movie yeah i tell you like i've seen some uh, comments on my social media today with uh people liking it and loving it i mean as just a straight action flick i mean just like turn your brain off and like oh shit things going bang it's a great movie yes, and i loved it because i fucking i watched it with my girlfriend and i was pointing the shit out of just all the kind of different guns in there there's a great plethora of different guns in there that's fucking amazing what i was surprised about was the tactics and that like i'm not military i'm not le i watch a lot of youtube videos so I like to think I'm at least a little bit knowledgeable. And from what I was seeing on that, it's like, yeah, that's pretty realistic from all the training that I've seen that LE and military guys actually do. Yeah, and I mean, it's, like I said, it was, to me, it was a great movie and there was just a fucking amazing amount of guns in there. Yeah. Uh, just going going through some of the guns that were on there. You had uh, the Colt M1911A1, the Browning High Power. You also had some really nice Glock 17, Glock 19s, mm -hmm. uh, a bunch of Breda 90s. Two is a really nice uh, H&K 45. Uh, 
you also had a bunch of good sub guns in there. You had the HK speaking MP5. Of, Go ahead. Speaking of the HK forty five, fuck that gun. Okay, <laughs> like the HK forty five compact. If one of you, if any of you listeners are looking at the HK forty five compact, just say fuck that gun and look at a different forty five. That gun is nearly the size of a full size nine millimeter. It's not a compact at all. It only holds eight rounds in a flush fit magazine, and it can't even accept a TLR one or a Surefire X three hundred without any form of uh, modification. Like, it's absolutely terrible. I hated it. It's the worst gun that I fucking had. Interesting in perspective from TACCAT there. Uh, Just so everyone knows, I'm not an HK hater. I love the USP. I've had two of them. They're the simplest hammer fire guns that you can work on. They're basically like a Glock. You can detail strip it in like two minutes, and it might take a couple more minutes to put it back together, but it's super simple. Absolutely. You had uh, HK MP5, of course, one of the best uh, bad guy guns in there. Uh, Something also interesting you had in there, you had HK Ump, uh, you know, carried by some of the SWAT guys in there. Uh, and then something else that's also even more interesting uh, is some of the uh, Bangladeshi SWAT guys they had a Beretta M12 sub gun in there. A Beretta M12? What the fuck's that? Uh, it almost looks like a grease gun uh, from like, a, you know, the World War II era, uh, but it's yeah. a Beretta. Yeah. Huh. And uh, also uh, IMI Uzi, of course. Uh, also, was they it, had... Was it an original Uzi or one of the newer ones? Uh, it was an original. Okay, yeah, I remember that. Okay. Yep. Uh, and then you also had some little kid in there. He had a, a, a sawed-off double-barrel shotgun, just generic. And then, of course, you had a BCM CQB-11 uh, M4-style rifle in there, carried mostly uh, by, uh, what's-his-nuts, uh, Chris Hemsworth in there. Uh, that's, mo- that's one of the guns he mostly carried. And then you also had... Names? That's Thor from the Marvel movies. <laughs> yep. Uh, and also you had a Daniel Defense M4A1 carried by Chris Hemsworth towards the end. Uh, and then, of course, you had a pl- uh, fucking plethora of AK-47s, AKMs. Uh, you even this is interesting, pretty cool. You had a FN Scar H uh, carried yep. by the uh, the female actress there at the end uh, with a Trigicon VCOG. Uh, that was a sexy uh, combo in there. Uh, yeah, yeah, I said uh, IWI Tavor. I liked uh, all the uh, optic combos that they had. Like they actually had yes, fuck uh, yes. Uh, yeah, like the integral uh, uh, RMR on top of the ACOG. I think on the one gun. Yes, man. Beautiful. Yes. You also had uh, HKG 36 in there that was carried by some of the Bangladeshi squad right. team. Uh, you had a HKSL8, which this is something I thought was interesting because I, you know I saw this and this is what the uh, the SWAT colonel had uh, that he was uh, you know uh, shooting people off of the bridge at the end of the movie on there. Um, uh, that's what it was. It was HKSL8. Uh, Doesn't say what type of uh, optic he used on there, uh, but it, you know it was again like you said it was a nice combo they had in there. And this is something that I thought was fucking pretty cool is that they had the Lee Enfield MK3. Yep, I remember that. You had that little kid. Uh, uh, that was uh, holding that other guy hostage. Uh, he had that in there. You also had the Remington 700 uh, AICS uh, with a five-round magazine. Uh, and also, oh, didn't say, it said uh, he had a uh, Badger Ordnance Tactical Bolt Knob, Harris Bipod. Uh, you know, yep. the one thing that was really interesting for me about that movie, because I, I, I read the uh, link you sent to me about it, because I wanted to, you know, it was real great that you sent that to me, because I wanted to learn more about that movie, but I've never taking the time to do so. The thing that was really interesting is the fact that it was filmed in Thailand. There were yes. so many Indians in that movie. Like, I didn't see one Thai person in there. Absolutely. And the link he's talking about, we actually got this from the Firearms blog. Uh, it was published on uh, May the 5th. It was called Firearms and Gun Handling of Extraction with Krems Hemsworth. And the actual, another link I'm using is, course, from imfdb.org uh, and some of the other guns that were used in there. Uh, 
Uh, the PKM, and this is one that I noticed that I just thought was sexy as shit, uh, was the M249 Paratrooper with the EOTech on top. Wait, is that... Tell me which scene it was in. Uh, it was in the uh, the bridge firefight there at the very end. Uh, it was some of the uh, mercs uh, coming to extract... Uh, uh, extract from extraction. Uh, Chris Hemsworth from the bridge there at the end when he's rescuing that kid. Yeah. And you also had the M79 grenade launcher and uh, Chinese Type 69 RPG. I love RPGs. Oh, man. It's, it's, it's bad. That's uh, you, know, that you don't need to aim. You just you just hit fire that thing. It'll kill all the birds. <laughs> Absolutely, man. And that is going to be the end of the culture segment, Mike. I greatly appreciate you coming on for this uh, episode. And I, I mean, I'm telling you, I think you need to come on more often, man. Just uh, give a, a different perspective and just uh, you know give it a little bit more, a uh, little more to it on the uh, the episodes, man. I enjoyed it. You know, I really appreciate you having me on. Yeah, we definitely need to do this more often because this was a lot of fun. Absolutely, man. I uh, have a good night. I appreciate it. All right, you too. Bye, man. Bye. fucking dreams cause it keeps me up at night and i've been trying desperately to hinder these thoughts of leaving earth and growing wings flying out the atmosphere to go again i want to greatly appreciate mike for coming on uh from tat cat i really enjoyed uh his perspective on everything that he talked about tonight and i appreciate him coming on and giving up his time and if you haven't already check out our social media on facebook we are on the number 2a lifestyle instagram and tiktok uh, it is two spelled out T W O A lifestyle. Also, if you like what we're doing, go ahead and check us out on Patreon. Uh, on Patreon, we're under the Two A Lifestyle Podcast. Uh, anything that you give us goes directly back to the podcast to make us better. Uh, and with that, if also wherever you listen to this, go ahead and hit subscribe and leave us a review. It's the best way for people to find gun related content whenever they're searching uh, their local podcast streaming platforms. And with that, let's go ahead and close out the show and keep enjoying that Two A Lifestyle. Oh